Let's turn to the book of Matthew. To the book of Matthew chapter 10. The book of Matthew chapter 10. And we're going to read verse 28. Well, Pastor, one verse? Yeah. But I'll try to make up for it later on. <laughs> so you can please stand on the reading of God's word. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 28. And it says this. Matthew 10, 28. Do not fear those who kill the body, but are not, are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. God bless and honor the reading of his word. You may be seated. You know, it is this time of year. And I love this time of year. I love autumn. I love fall. It's my favorite time of year, I guess. The only thing I hate about it is knowing that winter comes right after. <laughs> but I love this time of year. I always have. But it's this time of year that people celebrate Halloween. I have no problem with Halloween to a point. I don't what about that. I mean, I don't mind kids trick-or-treating, you know, uh, as far as going and getting candy. No problem with that. As long as it's something innocent, it doesn't bother me at all. And by that, I simply mean sometimes kids dress up with things that aren't so innocent. But I don't mind when a kid dresses up with something in the cartoon character, something really innocent. We had a, a lot of fun yesterday at the Crunk Creek. I see a lot of innocent kids dressed like cartoon characters. I saw a lot of kids dressed up. A lot of fun, you know. That was great. I mentioned the Rosie the Riveter. That was adorable. Saw this little baby who's dressed like a little Gremlin character, Mogwai. You know, Gizmo was the name of the character. But I thought that was the cutest looking little thing, you know. That was adorable, man. I tell you what. Now, of course, I couldn't do it. But I wanted to pick up some of those little babies, just hug them and say, you are sweet. Keep them innocent. Keep them all innocent and sweet. There's some kids dressed like characters. Well, I don't always know them all, but I know most of them. A lot of little Spider-Man I saw yesterday. And by having Spider-Man. A lot of them. A lot of little Spider-Man. Because Spider-Man is a great character. It was, oh, and that big Batman. Big guy dressed like Batman. And he he was probably about 60-something or 70. But, hey, he was having a good time. Didn't bother me. It didn't bother me, of course. I can't say much about it. I was just like Mr. T. If any of y'all remember Mr. T from the 1980s. Good Christian man. Uh some said I was a little too pale for him. That didn't bother me. But I uh, I had a good time. And we had a, 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 my friend was dressed like Spider-Man as well. Uh, but we had a good time. We had a good time yesterday and all that. It doesn't bother me when young people are doing stuff that's innocent. Problem is, you know, they're all having fun with candy. Problem is, is the devil uses this time for bad too. The devil uses this time to manipulate the blind by that, I'm talking about the lost. The devil uses this time to manipulate. And by the way, this sermon is not about Halloween, just so you know. It's not about Halloween. But he blinds the young people and people all over with gore and evil to manipulate them and put their mind on demonic things. And you see it all the time. I went the other day, I was hoping I'd see some, something innocent on a, uh, the, the channel called HBO Max. And I thought I was trying some fun and innocent. I couldn't find anything on there. It was all about uh, scary movies, gore, and demonic. I'm like, I'm not watching that nonsense. Uh, so I went and found some old fun cartoons because I couldn't find any on there. It was all gross. I don't want to find gross. You're not to put your mind on all that stuff. The Bible tells you to be careful what you put your mind on. And I couldn't find anything on there except unless it's all bloody and disgusting. I don't want that. The fact of the matter is, is the devil wants you to put your mind on these things. We're not to do that. 
And it was all the devil wants to put your mind on demonic, vile thoughts and all this. He wants, and why would he want that? Why would he care? Because he wants to desensitize. He wants to desensitize the young people, desensitize people of the world. Why would he want to do that? Because if he puts their minds on demonic things, and there's a lot of movies nowadays. When I was a kid, scary movies had to do with, with killers and, and weird people, you know, ones called Freddy or Jason, all this weird nonsense, Michael Myers. All this. But man, now, it, that's not enough because this is what happens. You get desensitized, and that's not enough to scare you. So then they start having truly demon-worshipping people and demon things and demonic things. And why do they do that? So that they're desensitized. Why do they want them to be desensitized? Satan wants people to be desensitized, so they start thinking of hell as fantasy. And if they think of hell as fantasy, as a make-believe thing, as something that's not real, as a quote-unquote fairy tale or make-believe, that everyone who sees these stories and other things, they don't fear hell. Hell is to be feared. Hell is real. Hell is something that everyone should truly fear. Not something that's make-believe in all special effects in a movie that's rated R. What's rated R used to be something that's be restricted. That's what R means. But restricted for what? When parents have children watching at the age of five years old. My goodness, rated G is not what it used to be. Isn't that something? What's rated G? They don't have that anymore, do they? <laughs> Crazy. The title of today's sermon, and like I said, it's not really about horror films or about the, or about Halloween, but the title of today's sermon is Ticket from Birth. A Ticket from Birth. Well, I'm actually wearing this crazy tie, which you probably can't even see what it is, but it's a whole bunch of planes, a whole bunch of planes riding around on a map. And it was my father. He would know that. He used to go on a whole bunch of rides, you know, go a whole bunch of planes and everywhere. You know, there's a, a there's an old song for the Beatles. She's got a ticket to ride, remember? The fact of the matter is, is we got a ticket from birth. We got a ticket from birth. Or, or, we got a ticket from birth, but a ticket to where? You know, most people want to believe, back to fairy tale again, most people want to believe that we got a ticket from birth to heaven, that God has everybody going to heaven for the moment we're born. That's not how it works. I would love to tell you that that's how it is, that everybody's going to heaven because God loves us all. And that's how people teach it, but that's not the way it is. The fact is, the moment we're born, we have a ticket to hell. I wasn't going to call this sermon Ticket to Hell, because that just didn't sound too nice. I guess I could have called it that, but I didn't want to call it that. But ticket from birth is because we all have a ticket to hell, a ticket to damnation, eternal death. It's a ticket from birth. We have that. But... We're going to talk a little more about that. Pastor, are you saying every baby goes to hell? Now, we're going to get to that in a second, okay? Don't, don't take that from what I'm saying. Some people will say that because they're ignorant. But we're going, to, we're going to get to that in just a minute, okay? No, but we, 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 as when we're born, we are born to die and go to hell. Not because that's the way God created it, but because of the sin that Adam and Eve did. God made us all to be perfect, absolutely perfect, because of the sin we know about it. We see, we've read Genesis chapter 3. We've talked about it over and over again. Pastor, are you going to do it again? Well, no. But you know what happened. They ate of the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. And because of that evil entered the world and were born sinners. You know that. And so because of that, when you're born, thank you, Adam. Thank you, Eve. You would have done the same. Because of that, we have a ticket to hell. And Satan don't care. He doesn't care. If anything... If anything, that's why he wants to desensitize everyone. He wants them to go to hell. But God doesn't. That's why he sent his son. 
But we'll talk about that in a moment. I'm going to give you some verses. Write these down, if you will. This will help you. This will help you. And, oh, we got a lot to talk about. Well, don't worry. we got some time. The first one that's going to help you understand this is the book of Psalms. Psalm 58, verse 3. And listen what this one says. Psalm 58, verse 3 says, The wicked, and by the way, we're all wicked. We're all wicked. We're all sinners. You know that. The wicked are estranged from the womb. In other words, birth. The wicked are estranged from the womb onward. Those who speak lies go astray from birth. That means everyone. We go astray from birth. From birth. Oh, I know babies are innocent to a point. We know that. We'll talk about that more in a minute. But the thing is, they're not all innocent. Baby sin. We don't like to think about that. They don't know that they're kicking mama and daddy when they're kicking mama. Yeah, well, actually they do. I don't mean that they're in the womb kicking mama and going, here, mom, I'll get you. Boom. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not saying that necessarily. But I will say that Esau and Jacob were fighting in the womb, and they knew they were fighting. Esau said, get out of my way, bow. And, well, we won't get into all that, the little wrestling match they have inside the mama. But listen to the book of Revelation. Oh, now, this isn't necessarily talking about hell. This is talking about after hell. There's an after hell? Well, yeah. It's talking about eternal damnation. After hell, there's something even worse. Lake of fire. This is talking about the judgment. Revelations 21, verse 8. Revelations 21, verse 8. Listen, this is terrible. But the cowardly, the unbelieving. Oh, we're talking about the lost now. The cowardly, the unbelieving, the abominable, the murderers, the sexually immoral, the sorcerers, the idolaters, and all liars shall have their portion in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone. And listen to this last part. This is the second death. There's two deaths. Two deaths. There's the mortal death. That's when our body dies. And then there is the death of the soul. That's the eternal death, okay? We're talking about when they get sent to the lake of fire. We don't want this on anybody. God doesn't want this on anyone. Then why does he do it? He doesn't. They do it. They're born dead in the sense that they're dead in, the sin, in their eternal soul, but he gave them a way out. But if they don't take it, they're doing it themselves by not taking the ticket, other ticket, which we'll get to in a moment. Now listen, sinners, all sinners are lost and will burn for eternity. Where can we find this? Listen to Jude chapter 1 verse 7. Now, in reality, there's only one chapter of Jude. <laughs> so this is verse 7, but for some reason I have a hard time saying just verse 7. So look at the seventh verse of Jude. It says, now we know Sodom and Gomorrah was in evil, evil places. Listen to this. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the surrounding cities in like manner gave themselves to immorality and went at different flesh, went after different flesh, they serve as an example by suffering the punishment of eternal fire. We too will suffer eternal fire. If we continue to stay with the ticket that we are born with, 
That's how it goes. We are born with a ticket to hell. It's hard to understand sometimes for some, especially the lost. But you see, you see, we're all born to sin. We're born with sin. We all are guilty of sin because of Adam and Eve. Because sin equals death. Sin equals death. Sin equals death. Is that simple? Not just mortal death, but eternal death of the soul. Listen to James 4.17. Oh, James 4.17. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, it is sin. And you know when you sin, even at birth, even when you're a baby, even when you're young, you know when you're sinning. We'll get into that in a moment. But you know when you're sinning. You know when mommy and daddy tell you no, and you do it anyway. When you, they tell you don't take that cupcake, don't lie, don't stay up past 10, and you do it anyway. Don't feed the gremlin after midnight and do it anyway. <laughs> I'm going to the movie now. But in reality, do you know when you're breaking rules? You're supposed to finish your homework. Uh-oh, I didn't do my homework. You know you're doing wrong. Oh, but they're only six. They're only seven. They're only... Listen, you know what's wrong, what's wrong. Does that mean they're going to hell for that? Well, we'll get to that in a moment. Okay, we will. But listen to Romans 14, 12. Now, there's some that I use a lot, and I say it all the time. I haven't memorized, but there's a reason. Because it helps you, and you're answering here. Romans 14, 12. Romans 14, 12 says, So then... Each is east. I'll say it again. Then I say that real good. I think so. Boy, I sounded like a poet. Okay, Romans 12, 14, 12. So then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. We'll give an account to our sin. We will give an account. We're going to answer for what we've done. God knows when he's talked to us through the Holy Spirit. God knows when he's talked to us through the Holy Spirit. He knows he's told us when we're doing wrong. And sometimes we don't answer for it. And by that I mean he'll say, Philip, or whatever your name is. He'll say, why are you doing this? We'll either not answer to God. I don't know. I feel like it. Hey, you feel like it all you want. Doesn't make it right. And you know when it's right and it's wrong. How about this one? Maybe you did this as a kid. Maybe you do it now. I didn't know. You knew. You knew. <laughs> I can't help myself. You can help yourself. You know you can. Oh, I just can't help myself. I gotta do it. I just gotta say this. You don't gotta say this. You have free will. You don't have to say it. Well, I just gotta say how I feel. No, you don't. If you just feel like you gotta say a word or gotta say something smirky or smart elegy or what, you don't. You don't have to say something horrible about someone or to someone. God's giving you free will. I, I can't. I gotta. I gotta. No, you don't gotta. That's a great thing. God gives you the ability to say no. Especially if the Holy Spirit's telling you, and you already got the moment to say, I just gotta. No. That's the moment to say no. Come on. Listen to this now. We say it all the time. Romans 3.10. As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. We're all born sinners. And Romans 3.23, as we say so often, for what? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. But not my nephew, not my niece. I know my nephew. I know my niece. Yes, them too. Oh, but not me. I'm a special case. Yeah, you might be a special case, but not when it comes to this. 
<laughs> and not me. I know me. Yeah, but he's a nice guy. Not that nice. They know what to do. Yeah, but I have a special friend. And I mean special because we know. No, even them. For all. All. But what about Jesus, folks? Jesus is God. This doesn't count. He's talking about the humans that Jesus came to save. One other that we're going to go through on this. I always talk about Romans 3.23 and Romans 6.23, but I'm not going to read the whole verse of Romans 6.23, just half. We'll get back to the end of it later. Okay? Romans 6.23 For the wages of sin is death. Wages of sin is death. It's as simple as that. We're all sinners. And because of that, we're going to die. That's sad. And that's very depressing. Pastor, you've really given a wonderful, happy sermon. Truth be told, I'm talking about all of us. Not just that that's the reason we die physically. Yes, we know Adam and Eve sinned, and that's why we die physically. But the reason why we will die eternally and go to hell lake of fire is because of sin. But wait a minute. What about babies? What about babies? They haven't taken from birth. What about those babies? Well, there's such a thing as an age of accountability. You know, there are some, and I, I, get, I dare say goofballs, but people who just don't know any better, I guess, uneducated, they'll try to say, well, that's not true. There, 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 that phrase is in the Bible. Those words are in the Bible. Just because a word is in the Bible doesn't mean it's not true. You know, there's a lot of words that are in the Bible, but still that phrase is true. It's true all the more because everyone is different at different ages of comprehension, of understanding. I mean, some people just don't get it. They don't understand it. And God knows, but we can't make excuses for ourselves either. But it says, do kids know that they're doing wrong? Yes, we talked about that. Kids do usually know they're doing wrong, but it depends on what they know, how they're raised, their intellect. And spiritual sensation, how open they are to it. Because intellect isn't always the same as spiritual knowledge. The Holy Spirit opens up our eyes. Remember what it says. Remember what it says in Proverbs 22, verse 6. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, it will not depart from it. I am not the most intellectual man growing up, but... I understood right from wrong, and I understood that there was a Lord, and I understood that if I did wrong, I'd go to hell. I knew the difference. Why? I was raised up to know. I was raised up in a spiritual home. I was raised up by my mama and my daddy. I was raised up with my grandma, my grandpa, my aunts, and my uncles, and the church, and all sorts of other things. I knew right from wrong. My daddy, my mama, the Lord God spoke to me every single day. When I go to sleep, I felt protected by the Holy Spirit. I knew because I was raised that way. Some people are older when they get to understand. I was seven. But I was five when I started asking questions of that. Here's the book of Matthew. We've got a couple from the book of Matthew. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. But Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for to such belongs to the kingdom of heaven. Does that mean just because their kids are going to heaven? No, what it means is, those little kids are innocent, they're pure, and they have a wonderful, trusting, loving heart. 
They have faith. They have trust. They know that he is the Lord God. And they come to him with open, wonderful, trusting arms and loving hearts. Children are more uh, are more trusting to God than adults because adults try to be intellectual, which makes them a lot of times dumber that way. They think, well, it just doesn't make sense to me. Babies don't need to, for it to make sense. They have faith and they trust. Praise the Lord God. God's not going to send babies to hell. It's not their fault that mamas and daddies were selfish and killed them before they were even born. Mom and daddy is going to have to answer for that, not the baby. Or if mama was on the way to the doctor and some drunken idiot killed her in a car wreck, he's going to have to answer for it, not the mama and not the baby. Come on. Come on now. This is what it says in Matthew 18, 2 and 3. Oh, I like this. Jesus called a little child to him. This is Matthew 18, 2 and 3. Because you're going to like this. Jesus called a little child to him and set him in their midst. Put him amongst all the adults. That's what he said. And said, Truly I say to you, unless you are converted and become like little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Oh, yeah. Have faith like a child. Have trust. You don't need explanation. I don't get it, God. You don't need to get it. You don't need to know the A's to the Z's, the ins and the outs. You don't need to have the blueprint. Just have faith. Trust in the grace of God. Be like a child. A baby goes to the arm of Jesus. A baby goes to the arm of Jesus and he holds them. Oh, I've seen it. And he rocks them and gets them safe. Because Jesus takes that baby and says, You're safe at home, my child. And when you go to Jesus Christ and you're crying like a baby because you know you're saved by the faith that you didn't earn it, it's because you know that you deserve to burn for eternity. But now, but now, that ticket to hell doesn't matter because you have faith like the little, squalling, beautiful baby. That's how you need to be. Trust like a baby. Now, I know you're probably right now thinking, Pastor, I don't want to think of you right now dressed like a baby. Well, that's okay. You don't have to. But I'll tell you what you do need to do. I'll tell you what you do need to do. Think of me like a trusting baby. Because every night when I go to the Lord, I'm trusting like a baby in his arms. Because I can't go to sleep unless I am. I'm talking about me. All my fears of this world, which I don't really have much. But I know one thing, I have trust and faith and fear of God. We'll get to that in a moment. Yes, there is such, there is such a thing as an age accountability. There is. Proverbs 2011. Listen to this. Proverbs 2011. Even a child is known by his doing, whether his work is pure and whether it is right. Yeah, even a child. You know, you know, you know, in your neighborhood, you knew, you knew when there was a kid who was good and was doing good stuff for you, or a little liar. Everybody knew whether they were a, a uh, oh, what was his name? Wally, Wally Cleaver, or if there's an Eddie Haskell. <laughs> you remember? <laughs> Nobody trusted Eddie Haskell. My mom had a little kid come up the other day to see if he could, you know, take care of the leaves. Isn't that nice? Real nice. He said, could I? break the leaves. She said, okay. He said, yeah, I'll do it for you. 
Then he said the price was over $47. And she said, never mind. The, the thing is, is, it's not that a thing is a bad boy. But not $40. The point is, is that people know you by your actions, even since you're a child. You knew there's always good kids and bad kids in the neighborhood. We knew that. <laughs> I should say bad. I'll say honor. I'll say honor. Listen about this. This is, and I'm not saying this because we're going to get to the whole prophecy part here about Jesus Christ, even though that's what we're talking about. We're re- it's also talking about something else. It's talking about the Lamb. Okay, but here, let's talk about Isaiah chapter 7. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 14 through 16. Because this is a proof that children come to a time that they don't know right from wrong or that they do. Isaiah chapter 7, verses 14 through 16 says this, Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. The virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat at the time when he knows enough to refuse evil and choose good. Now that's all that we have known. But then it goes on to say, For before the child shall know to refuse the evil and choose the good, the land that you dread shall be forsaken of both her kings. Now what that's talking about isn't that Jesus Christ does bad as a child. It's talking about there comes a time in your life, in your early life, that you don't know right from wrong. That's what it's saying. I'll say it again. For before the child shall know to refuse evil and choose the good. Okay. Before you're, when you're young, you don't know right from wrong a lot of times as a kid. Talking about the time of uh, as a child, you don't always know as far as what is right and wrong, full soul, your full soul. We don't always know what it's about. Even when we were doing right from wrong as a child, when we were doing wrong things, we don't know about the full story, the full picture that is sin. We might know what we're doing wrong. For instance, I've told you the story before, but when I was three years old, not quite four, I tried to steal a Batman or Robin from the uh, TGNY. It wasn't because I thought I was trying to steal. I thought I was disobeying my mama who told me to put them back. I also didn't know I was doing wrong by opening them up out of the package. I didn't know I was doing wrong. I didn't know anything about buying. I didn't know anything about the process of money. What I knew I was doing wrong was I was disobeying my mama. I was disobeying my daddy. He wasn't there. But I'll tell you what I did know. I knew that I was I was uh, cheating my mama out of being disrespectful to her. That's what I knew. I didn't know I was doing wrong to the store. I wasn't trying to be a little thief, although I was. I didn't know I was. What I knew was I was doing wrong. I didn't know that I was breaking one of God's commandments. Actually, two, if you take it on your mother and father, father and mother. Or, thou shalt not steal. I didn't know all those things, but God knew I didn't know. He knew that I knew I was being disobedient, but I didn't know I was sinning. I didn't know what sin was. I didn't know I was condemning my soul. <laughs> I didn't know that. I guarantee I condemned it already. I guarantee by that time already, I'd been probably a bullheaded little baby. <laughs> I imagine I kicked at my mom and my dad. I imagine I had done all sorts of little things that I don't even recall. The point is that although I had been born a sinner, there are moments as a child that you do things that are wrong. You probably remember some, maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have a weird, crazy memory like me, especially for a man who has brain dug in so many times. But what I do know is this, that God didn't hold that against me. What he held against me is if he came to me and said, you need to be saved, and I said, no, that's what he would have held against me. One more verse in this, and that is 1 John 2, 2. 1 John 2, 2. He is, talking about Jesus, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins, 
and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. Not for the Jewish only, but for everyone. This means even for the young. He died for everyone, not just for the Jewish, but for everyone. That means the babies too. Why do we say this? So that everyone can go to heaven. Now, he did this. So we all go to heaven. The babies, us, all of us. But for us who are above the age of accountability, who know better, we have to ask. Now, we'll get to this in a moment. But let me just tell you, a lot of times this time of year we talk about fear. Talk about being afraid. Because Satan thrives on fear, doesn't he? He thrives on it. But fear here is good. Now, why do I say that? Because we just talked about hell. Fear here is good. True. Fear can be bad if we let fear control us. But fear is an emotion that God gave us. And we should let this fear be used the way it ought to be used. We don't want to go to hell. And that's why I came to know Jesus the first time. And by that, I mean the first time I ran to him in his arms. And I allowed that fear to control me. In the sense that I ran to Jesus' arms and I never went back. Never went back to the world. Now, I made my mistakes. But listen to what it says in Psalm 27.1. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom will I fear? The Lord is my strength of my life. Of whom will I be afraid? We don't need to uh, fear the world. We need to fear God. We need to, to be, this doesn't mean be afraid of God. We'll talk about that in a minute. Listen to what it says in Psalm 34, verse 4. I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. We don't have to be afraid all the time. Go to God. He'll take you away from your fear. Are you afraid at night? And by the way, maybe you're a single lady. Maybe you're a single lady and you're alone at night. That's got to be somewhat fearful if you're all by yourself. And I don't know. You may not know by looking at me. I'm not a lady. But, uh, but in truth, I too have been afraid of times. Especially when I have seizures. I'm thankful for my mom and others who I can call. Sometimes my mom's out of town. And I've been able to call a few of you and tell you, because sometimes there's something about being alone while my body's shutting down on me. I'm not completely afraid, though, because I'm never alone. God's with me. You know, even when I'm having a seizure, God talks to me, builds me up. I'm never alone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Neither are you. Even if the worst of the worst of the worst happens, someone came in. By the way, I'm not telling you to make you feel afraid. What I'm telling you is don't be afraid, because you are not alone. But it, what it says right here, I sought the Lord. He answered me and delivered me from all my fears. It's okay to have the emotion of fear because the emotion of fear is actually, it's a warning sign. It's actually to keep you safe. The emotion of fear is like having a sensitivity to keep you safe. Uh, now, I don't know what your fears are. I can tell you this. Growing up, and, and thank you, Steven Spielberg, I was afraid of sharks. Da, 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 da. I was afraid of sharks because of Jaws. I love that movie, though. And then I was afraid of spiders, not Spider-Man. I was afraid of spiders. Okay? I was afraid of snakes. I'm still afraid of snakes. Now, I don't mean that I see a snake, I go, ah, and run away. But I do know this. They better be scared of me. Because if I see a snake, we're going to have a go. But here's the deal. That doesn't make you a coward. That makes you wise. Some people say, what, you're afraid of a gun? No, 
I'm afraid of the doorknob who has the gun and what they might do if they don't use safety and if they're someone who's evil. Oh, you're afraid of death? No, I'm not afraid of death because I know where I'm going. But I fear a jerk who may be disrespectful to me. I'm, going to be a, I'm a fearful that I may leave before God wants me to leave because I'm not using wisdom. That's what we need to, to use wisdom. It doesn't mean you're a coward. It means you're wise because God has given you that ability to use wisdom with fear. That's what fear is supposed to be. It's like, we were just talking about Spider-Man. I've told you before, it's like having spider senses. Be careful. There's something that's unsafe. Well, you, you know how they, they're done on the roads. They put those little, whatever they call it, digits or whatever on the side. When your tire goes too far. That's what fear is. Careful. The devil's trying to mess with you. Careful. Something's going to get you. Be careful. Be careful. This is what it says, Psalm 56.3. In the day when I am afraid, I will trust in you. Talking to the Lord. I will trust in you. They'll trust in the other things. Trust in God. Or Psalm 55.22. I love this, Psalm 55.22. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never allow the righteous to be moved. We put our faith in him when our fears come upon us. It's okay. And here's my favorite. Here's my all-time favorite. Oh, it sure is when it comes to fear, especially for us Christians. Listen to this. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear. This is God talking now to Isaiah and the people of Israel and Judah. Listen to this. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Hallelujah. Let's not be overcome by fear. But wait a minute. Wait a minute. I thought we were supposed to fear. Oh, oh, hold on. There is a good fear. There is a good fear. We're to choose the fear of the Lord. That's the good fear. And here we go. The correct fear is the not the emotion, but the fear of God. That's the respect of God. Listen to what it says. Psalm 33, 8. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. That was Psalm 33, verse 8. We're to stand in awe of the Lord. Respect of the Lord. Bow down to him. When people didn't, whether it be the Philistines, whether it be others, I won't go through all the lists. We could go on and on and on, the Egyptians. They didn't stand in awe of God, in respect of God. And then they had fear, and they should have. Oh, we saw what happened. And the walls of the water came a-tumbling down, and they wiped them out. Oh, boy, they should have had fear. Proverbs 1-7, the fear of the Lord. Psalm, Proverbs 1-7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but, but, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Hmm. I mean, I'm here to tell you Proverbs has a ton. I love what it says about Proverbs in chapter 14. There's two verses here. They're right next to each other. One is Proverbs 14, 26. It says, In the fear of the Lord is strong confidence. And his children, and that's you, and his children will have a place of refuge. Go to him. He'll build you up. He'll build you up. And then listen to this one. This is, this is uh, Proverbs 14, verse 27. The fear of the Lord is a fountain of life. The fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. You see? You see? Huh. 
there's a dip. Wait a minute, we won't die, we'll live forever? Okay, I know. I know there's some ministers who make it sound like you're going to have an eternal life here on earth. But that's not what it says. You're not going to be Superman. You're not going to never, never, never die. You're not going to have a life that never dies here in your mortal bodies. That's silly. It never said that. It said you're going to die. Talk about something else. We'll talk about that in a moment. Proverbs 3 7. Proverbs 3 7. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. By the way, I did not mean my voice to do that at that moment. It sounded like I was doing a weird thing. But no, in reality, depart from evil. Depart from it. What is evil? The things that are sin? The things that are not of God? We know what they are. We know what they are. We all have our moments. We've all gone to sin before. Depart from it. Go to the Lord. Fear the Lord. Respect the Lord. Do His word, His will. He loves Proverbs 8, 13. It's a good one. Well, they all are. But Proverbs 8.13 says, The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. And listen to this now. And the perverse mouth I hate. You can take that as you will. A perverse mouth is, is all sorts of things. People perverse their mouth all the time. Remember that. Next time you want to say something, you shouldn't. And there's a lot of that. Now as we've about to finish here. We've now gone through tickets to hell. A ticket from birth to hell, but there's an age of accountability. We've now talked about how fear is good in a sense. You know, the lost, the lost should be afraid. They should. They should be afraid. Many of them aren't, but they should be. And why aren't they? Because a lot of it has to do with Hollywood. They made hell look like a fantasy land. It's not a fantasy land. It's a land of torture and damnation. And it's eternal. They of fire. And then, of course, we are to choose correct fear. Fear of God. But I'm going to finish Romans 6.23 now. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And you can have, you can have Jesus take that ticket that you were born with. That ticket that you were born with, that ticket to hell, Jesus Christ died on the cross. So many people leave it at that. They say, he died on the cross for you. He did. But he did so much more than that. When he died on the cross, he went into the grave. No, he didn't go to hell. He did not. But he went to the grave, to Sheol, that is, Hades, that is to say, the grave. And when he went there, when he went there, the other side, in other words, paradise, when he went there, he paid for your death. And he now has something for you. If you want it, if you want to receive it, and I know those who are here today have, maybe you at home have not. But you can have a ticket to heaven. You can have a ticket to heaven. And you can have a ticket to salvation in heaven today. This ticket to heaven, the salvation, everlasting life. This is the ticket to second birth. You know, 
In chapter 3 of John, Jesus had a talk with a man by the name of Nicodemus. And he said, how can a man be born again? When he's already been born and he's an adult, he's already been born from his mother's womb. And Jesus spoke to him about it. I won't go into the whole thing. We don't have time. But we are going to quote some of it. Listen what he says in John 3, 3. Because this is spiritual birth he's talking about. But listen what he says in John 3, 3. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. How many people, it's so sad, how many people there are in this world right now who think they're going to heaven? There's so many. Millions, billions, who are dying, even at this very moment. They may have died yesterday. They may be dying right now. And they believe they're going to heaven because their great-great-grandma told them a story about Jesus. And they think that they got a ticket because the great-great-grandma was a church member. They may believe that because great-great-grandma had a ticket, that's a ticket for the whole family. Not true. Just because great-great-grandma had a ticket to heaven doesn't mean you do. But wait a minute. My grandma told me that she died, and when she died, and asked Jesus into her heart, that she got one for all of us. No, I'm sorry to tell you this. I, I love you, great-great-grandma, and I'll see her. But great-grandma can't save you. Only Jesus can and did for you, but you have to ask him to save you. You have to believe. You have to have faith. Faith in his grace and believe with all your heart and soul that there is no other way. Let's go on. Ephesians 2. Ephesians 2, 8 through 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, so that no one should boast. That means great-great-grandma. That means your daddy. That means your mama. That means your grandma grandpa. That means Billy Graham. That means anybody else. I don't care if it's your favorite person in the whole world. No one else can save you but Jesus and your faith in him. It's all between you and him. But wait a minute. I want to save my babies. I know you do. You know how you do it? By telling them of Jesus. By living it. Not just saying it. It's not by words alone. Words, actions, inside, out. Live. Live for Jesus. Romans 5.8, Romans 5.8. But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He did it all. But he can't force you to take the ticket. Have you ever, you ever seen people who buy tickets to something that maybe there's a reason they can't go? Or maybe they did it as a gift. And they said, now remember, remember, Philip, remember I bought you a ticket to go to whatever or maybe Christmas comes and they buy you Golden Corral or whatever it is. They buy you tickets. To, but it sits in your wallet and never gets used. Like, oh, I forgot to do that. Oh, I need to do that. Oh, I need to. And you never go. And you're like, oh, it's not my fault. It is your fault. Use it. God has a ticket for you, but you got to go to him and get it. We already know John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Remember, this goes back to Jesus speaking to Nicodemus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting eternal life. John 3, 17. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. That doesn't mean maybe be saved. That means so that they can be saved. And going on from there, verse 18. He who believes in him is not condemned, 
But he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. He's got a ticket to give you today. But so many people just don't care. Reach out to Jesus. I love this, Romans 10, 9 through 10, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. That's plain as it can be. And 1 Peter, this is the last of this part, 1 Peter 1.23 says it so clearly, For you have been born again, not from perishable seed, but imperishable, through the word of God which lives and abides forever. We've talked about being born. You were born with a ticket to hell. But when you call out to Jesus, he'll take that ticket. He'll rip it into a billion pieces. He'll give you a brand new ticket that he already has on him. He'll give you a brand new ticket and say, here, I got one better for you. And he'll give you a ticket to heaven. A new birth. Ah, wait a minute, I thought you said we were born with a ticket to hell. Yeah, but you can be born again. You'll be born with a new ticket. Take it from birth, rebirth, a ticket to death. It says in Psalm 111, verse 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who live, all who live it have insight. His praise endures forever. You can have wisdom today, and you do. You were born with a ticket to hell, but Praise the Lord God. One day, one day, I don't know how old you were, because that age of accountability is different for you than it was for me. I was seven. thought I was five. And then you know the whole story. I got confused all around. And you know, the devil brought fear to me. Many a times over, I kept coming forward thinking, I'm just so bad. I'm so bad. I got so many mess ups. Because fear comes in. But here's what I'm here to tell you. When Jesus saves you, that ticket, that ticket is non-refundable. That ticket is yours, non-refundable. Unlike the ticket to hell that you're born with, the ticket to heaven at your rebirth can't be ripped up. It can't be lost, unlike the people who are lost on the way to hell. It can't be lost. It's a wonderful, powerful ticket. And it's you say, oh, it was in my pocket. Guess what? It's in your soul, in your heart with Jesus himself. It's going nowhere, but you're on your way to heaven. But I don't feel saved. You know what? That's your doings. Because although your clothes may be dirty and all that, don't worry. Get yourself into the spiritual shower. Wash yourself off. Get to living right again. <laughs> but know this. The soul is still clean. Just take off the dust that you got on the outside and get right again in your living and you're walking and you're doing you still got a ticket to heaven. Satan don't care, but Christ does care, and he cares for you. He loves you. He's with you. You got a ticket to ride to heaven, and he's with you right now. I'll close with this verse. I'll close with this verse. Know that Jesus loves you. He's giving you a ticket. It's for eternity. You'll have it forever. Jesus has you forever. You have him forever. 
you're going to heaven when you accept it. Nobody can take it away from you. No matter what that liar the devil tries to tell you, don't be caught up in the fears of this world. John 3, 36. And remember, Jesus was telling Nicodemus, who had been caught up in the lies of the Pharisees. He was. He was a Pharisee. But he didn't stay that long. John 3, 36. He who believes in the Son has eternal life. He who does not believe the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him. As we go into prayer, today, who is it you know who does not know Jesus? You may not know 100%, you may say, I'm not God. No, but God lives within you through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit within you. Deep down, I think you know. You can probably feel. There's times you might meet people and you just have this feeling. Sometimes you can tell when you're a, a, a fellow child of God near you through the Holy Spirit. Sometimes in the Holy Spirit you can tell when someone doesn't know the Lord. And that's sad. So pray for them. Pray that they'll come to know Christ. Pray that the Holy Spirit will reach out to them. Maybe it's your loved one. Maybe it's your wife. Maybe it's your husband. Maybe it's your child. Maybe it's your neighbor or someone you really, really love. Maybe it's someone you don't even like. But you want them to come to the Lord because you love everyone. Pray for them today. Pray that God will speak to you and through you. Maybe right now you're backslidden. You don't feel as saved as you know that you are. That can change Pray that you can hold on to that ticket so strongly that you can feel it in your heart and hand right now. And that others will want to come on board too. Let's bow. Lord Jesus Christ, thank you for the ticket from rebirth. Thank you for taking my ticket from birth and ripping it up and getting rid of it. And that I'll never be haunted from it ever, ever, ever again. I thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I thank you, Lord, for giving everyone a way, a way from eternal damnation. I pray for all those right now who are not able to be here today. I pray that you be with them. For all my fellow believers in you, I pray that you'll strengthen them right now, that you'll help them to fight their fears and follow the fear that we have in you. And I pray, Lord, you will strengthen us at this very moment. In Jesus.